to bless his holy name in whatever seasons of life we're in. Now, today, uh-oh, my name is Drew Smith, uh, pastor here. I also welcome you that are with us here physically and those that are with us here online. And we're starting a new series for the month of November where we're exploring the seasons of life in Christ. You know, j- just as we have seasons, uh, this is the, the year goes through seasons that we're experiencing that now. Uh, so too does our life with Christ. It, you know, it, it has different seasons. So there's, there's seasons that we, where we face pain. There's seasons where things seem barren and silent. There's seasons when things are growing and then there's seasons where it's filled with fruit that we're enjoying. But each of them are seasons of life that we have in Christ. And today, we're going to be talking about that season of pain, pruning, that Jesus brings about and talks about in John 15. Kathy, my wife, said, well, why are you picking that one first? I don't know. Jesus did. That's what he talked about first here. Maybe you sort of get over the pruning or maybe it really sets the scene. For what it means to abide in Christ in all the seasons of, of life. And now, unlike weather patterns that are generally predictable, generally the so, you know, we know fall leads to winter, leads to spring, leads to summer. Now, um, in our lives, seasons can be a little bit more like we experience in Cincinnati, where you can get four seasons in three days. I had that experience uh, recently on a hike. It was supposed to be a fall hike in the mountains of North Carolina, Pisgah National Forest, a little south of Asheville. And it was, it was the first hike. We're backpacking, carrying our tents, the whole bit. We're going to sleep in the woods uh, in our tents for two nights. And my wife uh, said, all right, I'll go with you. And we've been training all of July. You may have seen us walking around with backpacks in and out around the community. And... Uh, but we experienced three seasons in three days. The first one, much like this one, was the least welcomed season. And it was winter. We arrived at the web, uh, we, we arrived at our parking lot, the head of the trail, and this is what we found. It snowed an inch and a half. While we were hiking, it was a 28 degree low and uh, we walked in the clouds the entire day and a half as winter, winter wonderland was upon us. Now, the second day, the second day, we got up that morning and here I think is a picture of our tent that we stayed in. And you see, things are starting to see green. Things are starting to melt. And then as we walked through the Pathways. The next picture shows our, you know, things are melting and now it's raining uh, on us. Not from the sky, but from the trees. Until then the third day, it was fall. And there was just the rolling, beautiful blue hills of uh, western North Carolina and the colors of the fall. And yes, in all of those pictures, we were smiling. We didn't take pictures when we weren't. <clears throat> but we are back here. But we experienced you know, three seasons, literally, at least for this southern man, three seasons in three, three days. 
Thank the blessed be the name for the Lord of the Lord for sleeping bags uh, that are designed for zero degrees for a warm night's sleep. Now, our, our passage will will highlight all four seasons that we have. And today, we as I mentioned, we'll be looking at pruning the seasons of pain that we face. Now, it's important to, to realize, you know, that this is a real problem that we engage in. It's a struggle, it's a challenge. You know, why do bad things happen to me? Why, why, why do bad things happen to me and, and to others? Why do, why do bad things happen to what we would call as good people? Now, there's a variety of reasons why bad things happen. You know, some, sometimes it's our own fault. We, we put ourselves in a bad situation. Uh, sometimes it's uh, uh, the fault of others. Uh, some, sometimes it's just the evil of the world. But where is God in that? Where, where is God in those seasons of pain? You know, is he asleep? You know, is he, is he focused on distracted somewhere else? Is he just not care? Is he not able? Or is this some kind of punishment from God? I mean, we, we face all kinds of stuff, diseases, depression, death, divorce, people doing all kinds of evil things all around us, all over the place, right? They cause war and famines, persecutions, scams, acts of rage, acts of hatred, acts of vengeance. And yet... What we'll see in our passage and what we've been singing about, the faithfulness of God, blessed be the name, even in the painful times, we'll wait on the Lord, we'll abide in Him, because God uses everything for our good. Everything. That's Romans 8, 28, 29. It gives us a little theological background for this truth that I think also comes up here. I think we've got Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, this, this passage used a lot. We particularly like verse 28. All things work together for good. And then we get to define what good means. You know, if I get to define what good means, that means that nothing bad happens to me and to the people that I love, and even for you too. But that's not what the definition of good is. Definition of good, he tells us right here, it's so that you and I will be conformed to the image of Christ. Seasons of pain God uses and sometimes God even brings them to us. Every time God allows it, God's never out of control. God's never surprised by the pain that we engage. But every time God will use that pain in order to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Because that's his purpose for you and for me and for the church. That we are more and more like Jesus because that's what the world needs. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come to make me happy. He didn't come to make you happy. He came to make us good. He came to make us whole. He came to make us witnesses to the the world of his goodness.
And these, these times of pain, they're necessary. Man, they're necessary for me. I can't speak for you, but it's probably true for you as well. Probably true for every human. These times of, of pain, that they're necessary because otherwise I would be captive to my own lazy foolishness. To my own weak selfishness. And it is it's these times of pain, these times of pruning at times that awaken me to my own sin and lead me in the path of following Jesus. Um, I, I've shared this once before with you, but um, it's, it's about uh, the biodome in Arizona. It's this huge um, experiment where there's a huge biodome, you know, bigger than this building, bigger than this campus that they put out. And they had like six people living in it that were scientists and they wanted to close the biodome and put everything they needed for life. And then they were going to work out um, uh, life for like uh, 18 months. You know, so they, and they were going to recycle all the fluids and the waters in there. They were going to grow their own food. They were going to make their own heat. You know, they, they were totally connect, disconnected from the rest of the world, except there was this clear biodome so that the sun could come, come through. And they, they, on this experiment, and they were working this, this parts, working this well, and they started to grow some fruit trees. And the fruit trees, they, they grow, they grew, grew well, they grew like a couple feet, and then if they, they got a certain height, about four or five feet, that then they flopped over, just went limp. And what they found out is that trees need wind to grow strong. Trees need storms to grow strong. Because as they're growing up and the wind blows and the storms come, the tree recognizes that. And it starts to grow stronger wood, more and more wood on its sides as it grows up. It grows not just tall, but wide. It needs the wind to grow strong. Like, hey, that's a great illustration of me. You know, I need storms to grow strong. Otherwise, I'm all for just growing tall and then flopping over because I can't even hold my own weight. So these times of pain are crucial. They're important in our in these seasons of life in Christ and we face pain as Jesus followers. All right now, so our passage during November is Romans or John chapter 15. Verses 1 through 12. And each Sunday we'll read this same passage. We'll, we'll abide. We'll dwell. We'll hang out. We'll marinate in this passage for the entire month. But we'll focus just on a section of it each. Each one as it sort of highlights this element of this particular season of life in, in Christ. So John chapter 15 verses 1 through 12. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your written word as it speaks to us of your truth. And we ask that you would lead and guide us to to hear, prepare us to hear, strengthen us so that we can take it in and apply it in our lives because we want to abide in you. We know abiding in you is truly what brings life. So teach us and lead us through through all of these seasons to call you blessed in every one of them, to abide in you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, our our focus right now, then, are just these first three verses about God pruning us. <coughs> and um, really, you'll uh, see here the first point that I've been uh, introducing already is that not all seasons of life in Christ are filled with fruit. Not all. Somehow we get this notion that every season just got to be buku's cornucopia of all the best fruit we can imagine. And it's not. And it's you're just in the right spot in some of these seasons. It's where God has you to abide in Christ. Now, the purpose is to bear fruit. Purpose is to bear fruit. But sometimes, sometimes these seasons will be painful because you're being pruned. Things are being cut back. In order to make room for more fruit. In order so that the, the plant can focus more and more attention on bearing luscious, gorgeous, sumptuous fruit. Now, the pruning uh, can be both of dead wood. You can imagine that. You know, that's the sin in our lives. We get, we, you got to get rid of this stuff. This holds us back. The pruning also can be of live branches. But they're live branches that are just in the wrong place it's, or the wrong time. It's, it's not God's plan for, for this be the one where fruit is in this particular time. And that can be painful. We, we see that with tomatoes. You try to grow tomatoes. I used to try to grow tomatoes. I'd like to prune some deer. And, uh, but that's a whole other sermon. But, you know, so there's a picture of what we call a sucker on a tomato plant. That's be a picture of me trying to grow tomatoes in my backyard. But I think we've got a picture of a sucker here. There we go. Pointing right to it. See how the, the vine, you see the vine going up and the big branch going to the side. And then there's this new little piece sort of coming right in between there uh, in, in the, 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 uh, the angle between the two big branches. That's a sucker. It's not going to grow any fruit. You see those, you pluck them. 
You, you, you pluck those. You, you do other pruning on tomatoes. You can cut some of the lower leaves where there aren't any fruit. Or you can even cut some fruitful ones so that the other ones will get as much attention and focus and all the nutrients so that you grow fruit that's luscious like this picture. That's still the sucker. There we go. That's what we want. I wish those were mine. Those are not mine. God gets all the, the credit. But that's what we want. We want God's results. And that may entail pruning. Now, this, this is an important lesson for us to, to learn. Because we have to have correct expectations of the Christian life. As I mentioned already, Jesus did not, Jesus did not die to make you happy. He died to make you whole. First thing to to realize about this is that there's something, God, God doesn't want to just, again, make us comfortable. He wants to make us fruitful. With, with eternal fruit. Eternal significance. Eternal meaning and purpose. And I, I can tell you, I'm really just happy if everything's happy with me right now, right here. My mindset is not eternal. And I find most humans is, are not. We don't have God's mindset. And so God sometimes has to get our attention. And it's important that we have a biblical understanding of an expectation of our lives in Christ. Because if we think, if I think that God's committed to making me comfortable and happy, then when, then I'm going to be disappointed and frustrated in those seasons of pain. I'm not going to abide in Christ in those seasons of pain. I mean, we know that we, we've experienced that. We're humans. You, you, you've lived in a family. You, you've worked before. You know when, when the expectations are not the same, it leads to frustration. It leads to conflict. Right? I mean, in your homes, don't you have to say, all right, these are the rules of how we use toilet paper. These are the rules of what we do with toothpaste. Yeah. You know, or in the, in your workplace, these are the rules when you jam the copier. Don't just sort of look the other way and walk away like, oh, sorry for the next person. Know that we've got expectations that we need to meet so that we understand. We have, that's why we have job descriptions, right? So that we all have the same expectations, the best that we can, all the more with God. That we have these expectations. Now, this is, this is, there will be times that God does lead us even. So I said, plenty of times of pain. And a lot of times it's some of our own doing, it's the doing of others. But sometimes it's even God leads us into challenging places. It's what he did to Abraham and Sarah. All right, um, you're going to have a child. Oh, great, blessing. But it's going to take a few decades before we get there. And he didn't tell them that to begin with. He just said, wait on me. He did the same thing with Jesus. I mean, when God, the Son, became human, after his, his great ordination, before all the people uh, saying that the, the time of the kingdom is upon you and the kingdom is near and it's in me, he then said, now, I want you, to, he led him in the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting to face the devil himself 
and be tempted. That was pain. That was challenging. That was some pruning. But it was so that he would be totally prepared for the work that was before him. Because if the work before him, he's in a garden. Or maybe even Jesus stood a few days earlier pointing out the vines and saying, hey, I'm the vine, you're the branches. There's going to be time that God prunes us. Well, he was in that, maybe that same garden the night before his death saying, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. I mean, this was the greatest act of innocent suffering, of pruning that bore fruit that we all enjoy every day that we say, blessed be the name. Every day that we gather and say, our sins are forgiven. That's the fruit that we enjoy because of Jesus' willingness to enter into the pain of that season of salvation history. For all of creation. God prunes us. For a purpose. So that we will bear abundant fruit. God is the expert gardener. The expert gardener. And he not only at times. When he prunes himself. Or when it's the evil that's just around us. He is sovereign and will use all of those for good in order to produce fruit in our lives. Even when we are in the midst of the the greatest, most heinous evil. Evil as great as Jesus hanging on the cross. God is able to use that for good. He's a master. Of bringing life out of death. Now, I love in this particular passage that Jesus throws in here. Just to remind us. Listen, this, this, when we face pain, it's not because God has forgotten you. When we face pain, God is right there in the middle of it. And, and he says in verse 3, but don't worry, you're clean. You're, you're clean here. You're, you're, the pruning hurts. And yes, there's some loss and, and all that you'll, you'll face. Uh, but... Don't worry, you are in me. We are clean because we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus because he has been pruned to the utmost degree and raised to life to demonstrate the fruit of the power of the resurrection that has destroyed sin and death and guilt and shame. So we are clean in him. The pain that we face is not God abandoning us. God is still in the midst of it, working it out for good. He prunes in order to maximize the fruit. This is a picture of a hydrangea plant. Yeah, you know, on the one side you'll you'll see this. It looks, you know, it's just sort of gangly. The color's missing, and you prune just a little bit of it. You cut a little bit of it. All of a sudden, it looks more like a tree. Now the the colors are more vibrant. The, the blooms are a little better. Now, look, look here's, here's the sign of a master gardener. Look, look at this hedge right here. Yeah, now that's some pruning, isn't it? You know, just absolutely marvelous hedge of uh, shrubbery that's been pruned to, to look like these globules from, I don't know, Mars or something. 
So God is at work in every situation, even in those times when it's painful. I remember, this is uh, probably 10 years ago now, I had the privilege of going with uh, Chappie Chapman, former pastor um, here, to visit some of our global workers. And went to visit, went to Jordan and visited Jorg and Lisa. And Jorg and Lisa working among Arab peoples there and new Arabic ministry to folks who are Muslim. And it was, uh, it was a wonderful ministry and uh, they were uh, serving the Lord there and enjoying it. But their health concerns were really, um, uh, troubling them. And they eventually had, after we, we left, it was in a year or two, they had to move back to Germany. Because of physical health. And they, they were distraught. They were in pain. Because they had vibrant ministries. What they'd given their life to. And now because of health. They're having to go back to, to Germany. And they, they hang out in their, the, this the, rather large town. That's a, a significant manufacturing center. And so they were able to do some work there. But just wondering. You know, wondering what, what are we going to do here? We, we don't know exactly what to do. Just sort of spinning their wheels And then some major international crisis in Syria, the rise of ISIS. You remember that around 2015 and 16? That was that decade's major international refugee crisis. Sent thousands and thousands of people from Syria and other parts of the Middle East into all parts of Europe and around the world. Guess what? That's... Town, that large town that they were living in, thousands and thousands and thousands of Syrians moved in. That became the center of Germany for the refugees coming from Syria. Arab-speaking, Muslim background folks coming there to exactly where they had been languishing. They had people knocking on their door. People that come and say, hey, listen, we're, we've had to leave our home. We need, we need help. We're really, they're asking. We're curious. Who is Jesus? Because they're so, they're so fed up for some of the, the Islamic things that happened that led them, that made them have to leave their homeland. They're now ready to experience Jesus. And the ministry just exploded. Churches were filled. English speaking classes were filled and people were begging. To hear the good news about Jesus. And many came to know him. It was a season of pain and pruning. That they thought never would turn out right. And God as the master gardener. Knew exactly what he was doing. Now I hope and pray. That this is a message. That you can put in your back and back of your mind and you'll have to apply it someday it'll happen i have to apply it some of you maybe this very day you're saying i needed to hear this i'm in a place this right now so how do i abide how do i abide in christ how do i stay connected how do i dwell in him uh, for others of you uh, it may be that you're thinking back to an old memory, to an old um, event. Uh, and, and maybe today's the day that you can go back to that event and dwell there with Christ and, and explore. All right, God, what, what were you doing? How are you, 
How are you using this for good? How are you using this to form me? You know, there, as we go through the, the series, uh, Jesus speaks to a couple things that will, uh, ways that we abide in Him, ways that we continue to stay connected with Him, ways that we're, we're praying in Him. And this is by no means to diminish one iota the extent of your pain. I mean, wars, famines, death, disease, that is painful. And that is a mess. And there's no way that we're just going to silver line it. Oh, well, God makes it good. No. There's grief. There's crying. There's pain. And there's crying out to God in the midst. There's abiding in Christ in the midst of whatever the pain is, whatever the pruning is. So in, in no way, do, let, do not hear me saying this in any way, diminishing the reality of your pain, loss, and grief. And don't let anybody else do it either. God doesn't. But because God, Jesus has been there. He knows that pain. That's why he can walk with you. He, he knows how to follow the way of the Father in the midst of excruciating pain. And so he can walk us. Why he says, abide in me, even in these times of pain. Cry out to him. Go read Job. It's a great, great book. Doesn't answer many questions. Doesn't answer anything about, well, why this is happening. It's just saying, look at Job. He's just real. He's just talking to God in a real way. And that's, that's what it means to abide in him in the midst of pain. Have, in your growth group. And you're, you're, the, the, the small community, that's the place to share this pain. That's the place for folks to, to pray for one another and tell them to go read Job do so that they don't try to fix it. So that they don't try to make it, figure out exactly what it is. That's we, we want to avoid the pain. So let's just figure it out right now. Give it a name. Do something to get rid of this pain. No. Abide. Friends in Christ, help one another abide. There's, you've, you've, you've lost a loved one or you're facing a, a disease uh, that you have no idea how to address. There, there's no quick, easy answer, but abide in Christ with one another. Knowing, trusting that He will use it ultimately for good. Um, also, uh, during this, this season... Um, we'll, uh, I found some, uh, just some, that's eight uh, little lessons that are page, page and a half, put out by the navigators about abiding. Just different exercises that you, we, you can do. Um, there's, there's some hard copies out here. When we send an email out this week, it'll have some links to it. Uh, but just something to, to do over the course of this month, to, to a week, uh, where you practice just abiding in the Lord. Particularly in this season, if you find yourself in a season of pain, how to abide um, in, in Him. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we do give you thanks for Jesus and His great love, His faithfulness to you, His faithfulness to us. And we lift up uh, to you our, our lives and the seasons that we're in now. And particularly, we pray for those in seasons of pain. 
and how you might use that as the master gardener to help us grow in in you. Oh, we lift up um, before you uh, Sharif Funes and family. Pray for your healing upon her and your strengthening her. May, may she know the power of your presence in the midst this time. Crystal Fang, pray your healing upon him as well. We pray for our brothers and sisters in, at Highland Park Prez in, in Dallas who uh, lost their pastor who died uh, 10 days ago in his sleep at 44 years old. We, we pray for our brothers and sisters there in the midst of such pain and loss. For the, the church uh, that's in uh, places of, of war and places of persecution. We, we pray you would strengthen them, empower them, let them know your, your presence, help them to abide in you, experience that peace that is beyond all understanding, deepen their faith and trust in you. And Lord, we, we also lift up to you this, this week as we um, have elections in our city, state, and our, our nation. And we, we pray the decisions that are made, the people who are elected, that each one would be in alignment with your good and perfect purposes, would be affirming and would carry out the work of your kingdom. We pray your, your wisdom. We thank you, Lord, as well, as we can gather together at this table. As it points to us of the Jesus sacrifice and the fruit that we enjoy. In his name we pray. Amen.